0: You're listening to ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to The Strength to Heal, brought to you by the United States Army Medical Department. Amed. Your host is trauma surgeon, Dr. John Armstrong. Dr. Armstrong is a former Army colonel who served as director of the U.S. Army Trauma Training Center in Miami, Florida, and as chair of the ACS Army Committee on Trauma.
1: You must be the change you wish to see in the world. Wise words from Mahatma Gandhi and easily applied to humanitarian missions around the globe in the United States Army. Our guest is Colonel and Dr. David Crudo, pediatrician and deputy surgeon in the U.S. Army Pacific at Tripler Army Medical Center, Honolulu, Hawaii. Aloha, Dr. Crudo. Dr. Armstrong, how are you today? Quite well, thanks. It's important to highlight that Dr. Crudo has led missions around the globe in the Philippines, Mongolia, and Madagascar. And as we begin, Dr. Crudo, I'm curious, uh, help our listeners to understand you're a pediatrician and a deputy surgeon. What does that mean?
2: Well, surgeon is a title that the Army uses to speak about physicians that are in command positions surgeon is a, a title where we are the medical advisor to the combatant commander. So that's currently my job now. I'm at the U.S. Army Pacific and I work for Lieutenant General Benjamin Mixon, who's the commander of the entire forces in the Pacific.
1: And it seems that part of the, the mission of the U.S. Army Pacific is to enable medical humanitarian missions within a sizable area. What, what is the spectrum of this activity?
2: We do lots of different things, and most of them are done under the Commander's Theater Security Cooperation Program. Bringing medical forces into a foreign country that we want to engage with is a great way to open a lot of doors into that nation. So our commander sends medical teams to various countries. We do various medical projects ranging from primary care to surgical missions to just doing uh, subject matter exchanges on like medical evacuation or working with NGOs and other topics like that. But mostly our biggest focus is providing medical care to underserved populations.
1: And some of this activity occurs with these NGOs, non-governmental organizations. We do.
2: We try to interact with those organizations whenever we're planning a mission because those organizations are working in those areas before we arrive, they're there after we leave, so we do a lot of coordination with them to have some
1: continuity of care after we, we go into a country and leave. And when you go in, what do you bring in with you? Are you, in essence, bringing a, a hospital with you? Are we talking about hundreds of people and setting up shop, or is it something a bit different?
2: It depends on the mission. The Army typically, if we're just doing a primary care mission, which may include pediatricians, family practitioners, internal medicine physicians, as well as some dentists, optometry is always a big issue, giving out free glasses when it's a lot of friends. So we may have teams of anywhere between 10 to 20 personnel for those what we would consider a smaller mission. There are larger missions that go on that the U.S. Navy does where they send entire hospital ship. U.S. NS Mercy right now is going through the South Pacific and Southeast Asia. That's a thousand bed hospital ship with with hundreds of personnel deployed on that where they they can give a a huge range of services to the underserved populations of the ports they're pulling into.
1: So it sounds like these can be scalable missions that you can really adjust depending upon the circumstances and the needs.
2: Yes, we do. In fact, I mean, there, there are some forces that are in some countries all the time and they'll just go out with maybe even two or three people because that's the number of medics they have or if one physician happens to be in the country providing medical care to the forces and they'll go out and do little medical civic action programs and deliver what, what care they can, you know, even out of a
1: backpack. And I understand, though, in your current role, you're not directly a part of this other program I'm about to mention, but there is a Pacific Island health care program that is run out of Tripler Army Medical Center in Honolulu. What's that about?
2: The Pacific Island Healthcare Project was a congressionally funded program for the teaching hospital at Tripler Army Medical Center. It is to benefit uh, graduate medical education, provide humanitarian medical care to underserved Pacific Islanders, and this started back in 1990, so it's been going on for for quite a while. And we serve the indigenous people from Guam, America, Samoa, the Commonwealth of Northern Marianas, the Republic of Marshall Islands, Federated States of Micronesia. They're all eligible for care here at Tripler, and the funding we get from Congress is to provide transportation from those islands to our hospital and then we will provide free medical care to those patients. It's a great program. We get to see lots of tropical diseases and diseases in advanced states that we don't ordinarily see, so it's great for the graduate medical education program, and, of course, it benefits the patient as well.
1: And as part of this network, then, with these islands that are scattered across the Pacific Ocean, is there a remote communication opportunity? with these patients when they're back on their islands?
2: We we do. Over time, we have developed telemedicine workstations in many of these smaller islands that are out there so that the medical officers on those islands can communicate with the specialists at, at Tripler basically
1: through the Internet. Sounds like you're bringing high-tech across the Pacific.
2: We are, and we do a lot of telemedicine things, not just web-based too, but we have a remote electronic ICU where our intensivists actually have cameras and phones in the intensive care units of some of the military facilities on guam and korea where they
1: can help manage icu patients you know in those places that don't have an intensivist if you're just tuning in you're listening to the strength to heal brought to you by the united states army on reach md xm 157 the channel for medical professionals I am your host, Dr. John Armstrong, and my guest is Colonel and Dr. David Crudo. We are discussing global humanitarian missions in Army medicine. Uh, Dr. Crudeau, you obviously have a special place in your heart for the care of children. Uh, what is the role of the pediatrician in these humanitarian missions?
2: Well, it's, it's clear in the humanitarian missions whether we're just going in under an uh, army engagement or actually following up after a conflict or or complex humanitarian mission that there's a huge number of children that were affected by whatever, especially like disaster relief, a cyclone going through Bangladesh last year that we happened to have a team there that, that helped out. These disasters occur all over the Pacific all the time, so we typically get called in to provide some medical relief. Other operations that we're engaged in, children get caught up in the in these situations and desperately need medical care so it's clear that pediatricians need to be on these medical teams
1: How do you go about preparing and planning for these humanitarian missions We
2: typically visit the country and and since we're working this is usually a military to military engagement we'll sit down with the military of that country We will go to their proposed sites where we conduct these activities, sit down with the local politicians, the local municipal health officers, and find out what conditions, diseases they would like us to focus on to bring some relief for, what are the special problems that exist in that area, because each country is a little bit different. We work with the NGOs. If they have medical capabilities as well, they give us input to what the current problems are and we try to address those as we plan. So we'll tailor our team and our medication supply list to what those countries have requested us to do.
1: And once you're in the mission, how do you know that you're succeeding?
2: Well, in some of the smaller missions that we do, where we're just in there doing some primary care, moving, maybe moving from village to village on a daily or every other day basis, it's, it's a little difficult to see that, that we've made a, a huge impact. We rely on the NGOs to give us some feedback later on we do go out and solicit that to see how our missions have been effective and how we could do things differently. We communicate back with the say the civil military affairs officers of the, the host nation's military again they go out to the countryside that we've just visited and kind of solicit feedback on what was actually done there and what kind of effect we had. Some of the bigger missions that are actually providing Surgery and those things. Those you can see immediate impact. Uh, some of these children who have been shunned for life because they've had a cleft lip and palate that now is repaired. I mean, you've clearly restored hope for their life and, and improved their life. So that's you can see that impact immediately.
1: Is there a particular mission that you found memorable? where you really felt that you were making a big difference in the the lives of these people?
2: We did a mission in Madagascar. We're on a drought relief mission, and we had engineers with us, and we were digging wells and then trying to get some extra water to these people. And we saw a lot of diseases that we weren't accustomed to seeing, but we brought our textbooks and some infectious disease experts with us and did the best we could with that. And it was quite rewarding to to all of the team because Clearly, those people hadn't seen any physicians in years. You know, there's just no medical officers around some of these parts of the world. And when you leave, the local population usually has a, you know, a parting ceremony for you. You do some cultural events to learn more about them. They're they're very thankful. We exchange gifts. They're all just all rewarding.
1: It sounds like you really become part of the lives of these villages. We do. Usually, they're, Chief political
2: leaders, uh, again, come and greet us and, and reward us. And they, you know, they don't have a whole lot to give us, but just, the you know, kind of the little token gifts that they give us. Uh, everybody just walks out of there with a huge place in their heart for all the people that you've tried to help.
1: Well, beyond the humanitarian missions and the regular care that pediatricians provide in Army medicine, what is the role of the Army pediatrician in the global war on terrorism? It's twofold.
2: The military is, a, you know, an extensive medical presence in every base for the Army, Air Force, Navy, Marines, Coast Guard, and most of them have pediatricians assigned, and they, on a day-to-day basis, take care of those service members' children. It is a great comfort and a great morale boost to the soldiers, airmen, Marines, sailors who are deployed that they don't have to worry about, oh, my wife, my child, somebody in my family is sick, and I hope they're getting good medical care because... Their families are well taken care of by those medical treatment facilities, state-of-the-art care by the Army pediatricians for those service members.
1: Well, we have been learning about humanitarian missions through Army medicine that are winning hearts and minds of children and adults around the world with Colonel and Dr. David Crudo, pediatrician and deputy surgeon for the U.S. Army Pacific, co-located with Tripler Army Medical Center in Honolulu, Hawaii. Dr. Crudo, thank you very much for being our guest. Thank you, Dr. Armstrong. Nice talking to you.
0: Thank you for listening to The Strength to Heal on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. The Strength to Heal is brought to you by the United States Army Medical Department, AMED. For more information on this or any other program, and to access our on-demand features, please visit us at reachmd.com. For more information regarding Army medicine, go to healthcare.goarmy.com slash heal to learn more.
3: When we talk to Captain Ernesto Cardenas, an OBGYN in the Army Medical Corps, we asked him why he chose the Army for his practice. His answer surprised us. He didn't talk about being given an established practice or not having to worry about insurance, employees, or rent. He didn't say that he enjoyed having the most advanced technology at his disposal or being a member of one of the world's largest healthcare systems. Captain Cardenas talked about giving back to the country that had given him so much. He went on to tell us about practicing in a humanitarian mission to his native Colombia and the sense of pride he felt in providing free care to people in need there. A medical career in the U.S. Army or Army Reserve is rewarding on many levels, personal and professional. You can reward your career, your country, and your life for a lifetime. Exercise your strength to heal. Visit healthcare.goarmy.com heal to learn more. That's healthcare.goarmy.com slash heal.